there, she ain't what she used to be. Amen? And this morning, if you're a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the very same thing can be said about you. For the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise the Lord. Last week, we found that the man in my mirror was a totally wretched creature. There is absolutely no good in him. Everything that he touches is polluted by the sin that fills his being. And as a result, this one is worthless in the sight of God. But today, the Apostle Paul shifts directions and he begins talking about the new creature. The new creature that Jesus makes when he saves the sinner. So with that in mind, I want to introduce you to the new man in my mirror, praise God. And as you will see, the same person that you see in the mirror can also be a new person in Christ. And we will all see, praise God, that we ain't what we used to be. Hallelujah, what a blessing. First of all, I want to tell you that this man that I see, this new man that I see in my mirror, was a ruined man. Look with me on page 1001 in the Bibles in front of you. In Romans chapter 3, beginning in verse 19, the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, writes, We now know whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. And every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. As I look in my mirror and see this ruined man, I find that God's word confirmed that I was a sinner. I was a poor, wretched, lost sinner. Because the law of God condemned the things that I was guilty of. I was then condemned by the law because I was without a Savior. God's word stands as the plumb line. It stands as the standard that shows me just how off-center I am. And it's God's word that shows me exactly how wicked I can really be. So God's word confirmed that I'm a sinner, but God's word also condemned my sin. The word of God is given to us for one purpose, and that is to show us that we're guilty, guilty of breaking the law of God and to point us to a Savior that every single one of us need so desperately. Just like a mirror. This mirror can show me how dirty I am. But it can't clean my face. Amen. The law of God is the same way. The law of God can't clean me up, but it can create a hunger in me for one who can. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, I was a ruined man. 
but I found today that I am also a redeemed man. Why, Brother Bill? Why are you redeemed man? I'm glad you asked. Let me show you what the scriptures say in verse 21. But now, praise God for those two words. But now, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Being witnessed by the law and prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness, because in His forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness that he might be just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Yes, I am a redeemed man, but I want to point out one little word. One little word, that word, but. That word, but, points to us a change of thought, a change of direction, if you will. You see, I certainly was a ruined man, but. But something happened. I thank the Lord that a change has occurred. A change has taken place. And that description begins with that one little three-letter word, but. So today I want you to notice what's happened to this new man in my mirror. This new man in my mirror experienced faith. Look again there in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You see, friends, man has got this enormous problem. We have got this huge problem. And that problem is, is that we are all sinners. That problem is, is that we are all lost. We all can't get to heaven. I can't buy my way to heaven. I can't be good enough to get to heaven. I can't work hard enough to get to heaven. The Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God. That means as I'm aiming my bow at the target, I miss my mark. I'm not even close. I miss the mark. We try to jump from Hawaii to the mainland, but we all get wet. Nobody makes it, amen? I'll never be right with God on my own efforts, and yet God demands absolute perfection. He demands absolute righteousness in order for me to go to heaven. Do you see the problem we have? All I can do is believe in Jesus, be saved by grace, be declared righteous by the Father, and go to heaven with nothing but faith to show for it. That's all I got, God. That's all I've got is my faith in Jesus.
But I want you to notice something today. I want you to notice verse 22 says, on all and to all. That means it just ain't me, y'all. It's you too. It's everybody. It's on all and to all. The Bible says that the Lord takes his righteousness. He gives it to all and he places it on all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's how salvation works. We get his righteousness because of our belief and our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only has this new man in the mirror experienced faith, he's also experienced freedom. Look there in verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That verse introduces two incredible Bible words. The first one is justify. Say justify. The second one is redemption. Say redemption. Very good. Justify means to declare not guilty. I know I'm guilty, but I've been declared not guilty. I've been declared right with God. In the biblical sense, it means that God in his power, God in his grace, has declared us to be righteous and worthy of a wonderful relationship with him. That's a wonderful blessing to be justified. But the other word is redemption. That word redemption means to be set free after the ransom's been paid. I praise God that we've been set free because of the ransom that has been paid on Calvary's cross, praise God. So to put it all together, we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. God applies the price that Jesus paid on the cross on our account, and he says, that's it. You're now righteous in my sight. And it's all by believing, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Quite literally, God has set me free. He has set me free from the eternal condemnation of my sins. He has set me free from the eternal consequences of my sin. Now, I'm still going to reap what I sow here on earth, amen? I'm still going to reap what I sow, but I'm no longer condemned by God for all eternity. What a wonderful blessing that is. And here's the kicker. Y'all ready for that? Are you ready for the kicker? Here comes the kicker. Verse 24 says, all of this happens freely. Literally, it means it happens with no cost to you. We know who it did cost though, don't we? It cost our Savior everything. Basically, God gave me his righteousness even when I didn't deserve it. He gave me his righteousness knowing I could never earn it. He gave me his righteousness knowing I could never pay him back. He gave it to me without any cost. He gave it to me without any strings attached. And you know, there is no explaining why he would do such a thing. There's no explaining why God would save a bunch of hell-deserving sinners. I mean, why would he do such a thing? 
only two words come to mind. He must love me. He wants to pour out his grace on me. It's all because of God. It's all because of the Lord. Now, friends, listen. I don't claim to know everything about salvation. I don't claim to know everything about redemption. But I'm glad that I can experience those things even though I don't completely understand it. Would you agree with that? What a wonderful blessing that is. For example, I don't understand how I can talk to my wife, how I can balance my checkbook, how I can listen to my Jesus jams, amen, and how I can Google anything I want all on one device. I don't understand it. But guess what? I use my phone every day, even though I don't understand how it works. I don't understand how electrons get produced by a turbine and that those electrons pass through wires and they get to my light bulb. But I don't sit in the dark just because I don't understand how it works. I don't understand how a black cow eats green grass and gives white milk. But listen, I don't go without my cornflakes. And I don't go without my turkey and cheese sandwiches. Just because I don't understand how it happens. Even though my knowledge of God's methods, even though my knowledge of God's gifts are completely incomplete, I still receive those blessings. And I still enjoy the benefits of God's blessing of salvation. I am a redeemed man because I've experienced faith, because I've experienced freedom, but I've also experienced forgiveness. Look in verse 25. Whom God set forth as a propitiation. Can you say that word? Propitiation? Yeah, I know you all know what that means, don't you? I'll tell you in a minute. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith, to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and justifier of the one who has placed their faith in Jesus. Verse 25 says that Jesus is my propitiation. Now I don't know why the Bible uses such long words but I know what propitiation is now. And propitiation basically is a sin offering. Jesus is my sin offering. He offered his own body for my sins. And because of his sin offering, God forgives those who believe in Jesus by passing over the sins that were previously committed. When we trust in Jesus, God puts his, our sins behind him. And if they're behind him, can he see them? No. Listen to what Psalm 103 says. As far as the east is from the west, so far God has removed our transgressions from us. Paul wrote in the, to the Colossian church, he said, and you being dead in your trespasses, he has made alive with him, praise God, having forgiven you all, say all, this is good news, having forgiven you all of your trespasses, having 
wiped out the sin debt by nailing it to the cross. What a wonderful blessing for the redeemed. As you can see, glory to God, this new man in my mirror ain't what he used to be, praise God. He ain't what he used to be. And for several weeks now, I've been preaching the bad news that I was a hell-bound sinner and I deserved nothing better. But today, I'm glad that I get to share with you some good news that I have eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone. Friend, are you saved this morning? Are you saved this morning? Are you saved this morning? Because I was a ruined man, but I became a redeemed man. And because of what Jesus has done for me, I now stand before God as a righteous man. Why, Bill, do you stand before God as a righteous man? Well, because first of all, I have a new relationship with the law. Look there in verse 27. Where is boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law? By works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Paul says this new man knows that he's not saved by keeping the law. He knows he's not saved by keeping every T that's crossed and every I that's dotted. He is saved completely by faith in Christ and Him alone. That being true, he ain't got no reason to brag. He ain't got no reason to boast about him being saved. I can't take any credit for it. All the glory goes to God. I know God's word is just a tool that shows me how far off course I went. I'm not trying to please God anymore. You know why? Because he's already pleased by the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to earn brownie points anymore. Why? Because God is already satisfied. He's got all the brownie points he needs. I know I'm saved because Jesus Christ paid my sin debt in full. Only because of my faith in Christ am I allowed into this wonderful relationship with God. And so now I've moved. I've changed. I've moved from this idea of being saved by what I can do to realizing that I need to be saved realizing what Jesus has done. Do you see the difference? Do you see the difference, friend? Listen, every religion in the world is a do religion, except one. That is Christianity. Christianity is a done religion. It is a done religion. I haven't done anything to deserve it. I'm not required any to do anything to receive it. Jesus has already done everything that I need to obtain it. You see, every person in this room is sitting in one of two chairs. You're sitting in the do chair or you're sitting in the done chair. You're either in the do chair trying to do things that'll get you to heaven or you're sitting in the done chair knowing that Jesus has done everything that was necessary for you to get to heaven. So today is a day where you need to get real honest with God. 
Today's the day when you need to get real honest with yourself. Which chair are you in? Which chair are you in? Your eternity hinges on your answer. So I'm a righteous man because I have a new relationship with God's word. But I'm also a righteous man because I have a new relationship with the Lord himself, praise God. Look in verse 29. Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Since there is one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised by faith. Now, because of my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm brought into a right standing with the Father. What a wonderful blessing that is. Now, he's not just the Father of my Lord Jesus. He's my daddy too. He's my father too. How do you know, Bill? Well, in 1 John chapter 3, John wrote about it. He said, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Oh, I like the way that sounds. I like the idea of being a child of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. That's good news. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. A new relationship with the Lord. You see, he saved me. He's justified me. He's accepted me. I'm no longer a stranger. I'm family. I am family. Are you? Are you family today? I have a new relationship with the law. I have a new relationship with my Lord. But in closing, I have a new relationship with life. Look in verse 31. Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. In this verse, Paul's asking one last question. He's got one last question for you. And he says, since we're saved by faith apart from the law, does that make the law of God null and void? In other words, can we just throw out the law? Can we just live as we please because we're saved by grace? What is the answer? The King James Version, I like the way it says it better than mine. King James Version says, God forbid. Certainly not. No way, Jose. See, God's word still points out when I've gone astray. God's word still points out when I've gone off course. God's word still points out when I'm headed towards the ditch. And if I'll obey his word, his word will keep my life out of the ditch. The difference is this. I'm no longer living. I'm no longer living the law to be saved. I'm no longer living according to God's word because I have to. Friend, I'm living like God and I'm living like his son. Why? Because I am saved. That's the reason. Don't misunderstand me, friends. I'm not saying that we'll be perfect. 
We won't. Amen? We won't. But here's what I am saying. Listen carefully. I am saying this. Jesus changes every life that he saves by grace. So if you're claiming to be saved by grace, but you've seen no changes in your life, can I point out to you this morning, there is a significant problem. It's a problem you've got to get right today. Because when he saves me by his grace and he begins making these changes in my life, he gives me this desire to love him, to live for him, to do things that please him, to do things that honor him, to do things that bring glory to him. My friend, when I look in my mirror, I see the same face that I've been seeing for 54 years now. However, that old man of sin has been changed. He's been changed to a new man, and it's all happened by the power of Jesus Christ. Believe me when I tell you, I ain't bragging. I've got a lot of room for improvement. However, I do know where I was when Jesus found me. You don't want to go there. Friend, I do know what Jesus did for me when he saved me. Friend, I do know all about the changes that he's made in my life since then. And I praise him that while I'm not where I want to be, I am certainly not where I used to be. And you can say the same thing if your faith is in Jesus Christ. So today I want to ask you a question. Has the Lord made changes in your life? If you don't see the change, there's a good chance the grace hasn't been applied. You haven't received the grace of God. Because when one happens, the other happens. When we receive the grace of God, we change. Maybe it's because you're sitting in the wrong chair. Which chair are you sitting in today? Are you sitting in the do chair? Thinking you got to do something to get to heaven? Or you're sitting over here in the done chair, realizing that all that has been done has been done by Jesus and him alone. Which chair are you in today? Don't leave here with your life seated in the wrong chair. God is still saving souls. And he will save you if you will come to him on his terms. Realizing that what needs to be done has been done. And maybe you need to change seats. Friend, I don't know your need this morning. I don't know your heart this morning. But one thing I do know is God does. 
and chances are good, you do too. So if there's a spiritual need in your life, a spiritual need to get in the right chair, to be saved today, a spiritual need to follow through in believer's baptism, a spiritual need to surrender to a ministry, a spiritual need to pray for a burden or a need, there's a spiritual need to join this church family. I was asking you to be obedient today to what God is saying to you. Friend, whatever it might be, I just want to encourage you to come and be obedient to the Lord. Let's pray. Our Father God, we that the word of God is true and worthy to be applied to our life. And Father, I pray if there's a person here that has not seen the changes that come along with 